allows trouble to come into our lives and allows a little tribulation in our lives for no other reason that he loves the sound of your voice. And sometimes we, he's got to just put a little bit of trouble in there so we scream up at him, what is going on? And he goes, that's my daughter. That's the voice of my son. So nice to hear from you. It's kind of like, it's kind of like that dysfunctional kid who doesn't get any attention from his parents. So he's learned that the only way to get attention, because the parents are, are busy working, or they're busy arguing, or they're busy in their own lives, or doing whatever they do, so the child has learned that the only way to get attention from the parents is to do something wrong. Because negative attention is better than no attention. That's like other night, except reversed and, and not dysfunctional. Although I'm convinced that once you become, come into the family of God, you're entering into a dysfunctional family. So if you come here, you're like, some people are nuts. Oh yes. You're in the right place. Just look at Abraham's family, Isaac's family. So God is like that kid, this dysfunctional kid, who only gets attention from his parents when he does something wrong. He's getting no attention at all, so he'll, you know... He'll pull the dog's tail or kick the cat. You know, take something off the mantle and just... And then the parents go, what are you, whoa, what are you doing? And tragically, the child learns, okay, this is the attention I get, so I'm going to do that so I get attention. So Adonai sometimes kind of reverses that because he doesn't get attention from us while things are going well. <laughs> Because we're too busy with our lives and our work and our video games and watching Sons of Anarchy and The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. And we're not paying any attention to him. So he kind of reverses that thing because he's so faithful. He's so faithful to bless us and he loves to bless and he loves to bless his children. He loves to, the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills loves to put money into our piggy banks every week. But, you know, we ignore it because we go to our piggy banks and we open up, oh, off I go to my life. There it is, okay. Next week, open it up, oh, there's some money in there. Okay, off I go. I gotta go buy another video game. All of a sudden, Adonai's like, I haven't heard the voice of my son or the voice of my daughter in a long time. And I miss that voice because I love that voice. So all of a sudden, one week, we haven't spoken to our dad in like forever because things are okay. And we go to our piggy bank, we open it up, and there's nothing in there. And all of a sudden we go, Dad! the voice. There he is. There she is. That's the voice of my son. That's the voice of my daughter. 
you haven't been to the dinner table. So come to the dinner table and we'll talk about it. Oh, come on, man! Come on, Dad! Can you just put some money into my account? And at that moment, Adonai is able to have a conversation with us. Because not only does he love to hear the sound of our voice, he loves to answer the sound of our voice, but he cannot answer the sound of our voice when we're too busy with the video games. So he'll take his hand of blessing, and he'll never go like this, but he'll just go like that a little bit. And that causes us to go, Dad! In this week's Torah portion, Esau had that moment. Esau, everybody know who Esau is? There was a hairy guy on the PowerPoint eating some stew. <laughs> That's Esau. He saw the seesaw. <laughs> I don't even know why you're laughing at that. That didn't make any sense. <laughs> but Esau had that moment. Because Esau had a pretty good life. He was daddy's favorite. And all of a sudden, you know, he had a good life. So he didn't really have to come to Adonai all that often. But Adonai loved Esau. Independent of the fact that Rebecca knew that Jacob was the one. God loved Esau, and he loved Jacob. And he wanted to hear Esau's voice. So all of a sudden, Esau comes over to Dad. He's like, okay, Dad, time for my blessing. Dad says, I, it's not yours, it's for your brother. And all of a sudden, Esau, for the first time in his life, had that moment where the piggy bank was empty. And it says in Scripture, I don't remember exactly how it's said, but it says that he let out like a loud anguish yaw. <laughs> like a yell, like, 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 like Luke Skywalker did when he found out that Darth Vader was his dad. You know, like, I am your father. No! And all of a sudden, Esau went, no! He lost that blessing that he thought his whole life he had. He screamed out, no! All of a sudden, his father in heaven goes, oh, there's my son. There you are. I know that voice. And I recognize that anguish because my son Yeshua took that on. So I recognize that. I can work with that. I can't work with your comfort because daddy loves you so much and you're going out and doing your little hunting and you're going back to bring him the game and he's like, ah, there's my boy, my hairy young boy. You get, Adonai can't work with that because there's no connection. But Adonai can work with, no! Adonai can work with that. He hears that. So whatever it is that you're going through something, when, you, when life is just getting really, really rough and you're finally at this place and you're just screaming out loud in this loud, anguish yawp, Adonai's like, there you are. I love the sound of your voice. You know, the Jewish sages, the rabbis of old, had this whole thing figured out. Because they were reading the Torah portions and they got to like uh, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and they asked themselves, God ordained Abraham and then Isaac to bring forth the lineage 
that's going to be the blessing for the world. They're going to bring forth the nation of Israel. They're going to be the fathers of many nations. Through them, through their seed, all nations will be blessed, which is the Messiah. It's going to come through them. So the saint just read that and said, why did God give them that calling only to have wives that are barren? Right? And it's a good question. You know, Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. Wife, barren. Finally cut through that, they get Isaac. Isaac's the child. He's the one that's going to bring forth the line. He gets a wife, Rebecca, barren. So the sages, the Jewish rabbis, ask, you know, why did they do that? And they come to a conclusion. Because God just loves their prayers. He just loves to hear their prayers. And you put a little, put a little salt and pepper in their lives. And it causes them to pray. And God loves their prayers. And at that moment, at that moment, God hears and speaks. And he will speak at that time what his calling is in you. Because Abraham and Sarah, they were going to bring forth Messiah. The seed of Abraham is Messiah. And that, ultimately, is the one coming forth. We must understand this. Because us, in a post-Shavuot, Pentecost world, Messiah has made his abode in all of us. He's made his abode in you. So he, the one Messiah, has replicated himself and has made his lodging in everyone. As it says, a seed, if it remains a seed, it dies. But when it dies, it brings forth many. And you are the many. And that's, that's the kind of realm we're living in. But before that, there is the one, Messiah himself, the one, the man that lived 2,000 years ago. But before that, there was a seed that was going across through generations that started with Abraham that will ultimately manifest itself perfectly in the form of Messiah. So it started with Abraham. It's like, you're going to bring this thing forth. Barren wife. Know that when Yeshua is going to come forth in your lives, there will always be barrenness first. There will always be struggle first. But Adonai will break forth in that, and he will bring forth the Messiah in you. So they pray through it, they get through it. Adonai he answers that prayer, brings forth Isaac, barrenness. Him and Rebecca, barren, they press through. There's always going to be barren. There's always going to be struggle when Messiah is birthed. There's always the birth pain. Or pang. Pain or pang? Pang. Before the birth. is always that moment of, no! Give me some morphine! Before the birth. And the amazing thing in this Torah portion, which speaks to me, is about our hairy little friend there, Esau. Who, as I read the Torah portion this week, is the hero for me. Because I relate to him the most. And I'm going to explain why. And in doing so, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Like I said, it takes birth pangs to bring forth the birth. When Adam and Eve ate the fruit 
And God said, it's going to be painful now to bring, it's going to take a little time, it's going to be painful to bring forth the fruit, bring forth a son. It's always speaking about Messiah. Yes, in the natural, that, that does manifest. But he's speaking spiritually. That Yeshua comes forth with struggle and with pain. But he will break through. So Abraham and Sarah lift up their barrenness and they have Isaac. And then Isaac, has Rebe Isaac marries Rebecca. But there's always struggle. So Rebecca is pregnant. Twins in the womb, and they're wrestling in the womb. Already, the one, who's going to be the one to bring forth the seed? Who's going to be the one to bring forth Messiah? They're wrestling in the womb. It can only be one. Remember, during this time, the seed, who is Messiah, goes through one, to one, to one, to one, ultimately to Messiah, and into the world. Does that make sense? Yep. So who's going to... Thank you, Peter. It makes sense to Peter. So, this, so only one of those two fetuses, tied, will carry the seed. And they're wrestling about it already. They're in the womb with headlocks. You know, pile driver, drop kick. Poor Rebecca. She goes through her obstetrician. Doc, I think I got a problem. What's the matter? I don't know. She lifts up her Whatever women wore back then, cloaks or whatever they wore back then, she lifts it up. Is this natural? Is this normal? Doctor, look at her belly. All of a sudden, a fist. <laughs> and then in the fist. And then a knee. And then all of a sudden, Esau's face. And then back. And then all of a sudden, Jacob grabs him. Back. And then another elbow. She's seeing this all through his belly. And then all of a sudden, Jacob's face. And then Esau pulls it back. This is all this is happening in the womb. Because there's a fight. Who is going to carry the seed? Who is going to be the one, the one, to bring forth the seed of Messiah? And they're fighting about it already. All of a sudden, it's time. And they're still wrestling. They're ready to come out. She's there. She's, she's ready to, to give, give forth to birth. To, you know, to birth and they're, they're coming out. And they're fighting. You know, and they're, they're wrestling or even then. They're coming out of the birth canal and they're still drop-kicking each other. And all of a sudden, you know, you know, Jacob is the one. He was the one ordained by Adonai to bring this forth. He is the one who has, who is ordained by the Lord, not Esau, to bring forth the seed. So Jacob's trying, but it ain't happening. Esau's hairy guy is a little too strong. He was eating lentils even in the womb, building himself up. So all of a sudden, you know, J Jacob's trying. He's trying. He's trying. You know? But he's, but he's getting pulled back by Esau, and then he throws him back. And then Esau comes out. You know, Jacob, he reaches out. He tries to get him, bring him back, but he couldn't. He grabs his, his heel. That's all he could do. Esau's the one. He won the battle. And I you got to read the scripture with your virtual reality goggles on. Because you're going to see things in the scripture that you're not going to read in the Word. Because the Word as we read it in a Bible is two-dimensional. But the scripture is not two-dimensional. It's multi-dimensional. And it's got in infinite depth. <sighs> i got to work out more. <laughs> so you put on your virtual reality goggles 
right? I just saw something on a news report. There was a, I was in heaven. There was like, a, it was a Paul McCartney concert that was filmed with, uh, filmed in this, in this way where it's like 360 degree cameras, and you can download an app for free and get like these ten dollar, you know, virtual reality goggles. So you can put them on, and you're, then you're there on the stage with Paul McCartney as he's doing Live and Let Die, and you're looking around, and you're on the stage, and you're like, whoa, how cool! So it is with the scripture. We can read it two-dimensionally like we watch a television show, but put on those spiritual, virtual reality goggles, and all of a sudden you're in there. There's probably been some TV shows or movies where a kid is reading like a story, and all of a sudden he's immersed, and now he's in the story. That's what happens when we read the Torah. We get immersed into it, and all of a sudden we're there. And we're seeing these things, and you know, the religious people are like, I didn't see that in scripture. You don't have to. It wasn't written about it. I was there. <laughs> so here, here it comes. So Esau comes out, firstborn. Clearly he must be the one to carry the seed because that's the tradition. So much so that his father Isaac loved him. But Sarah loved the secondborn, Jacob. Husbands, listen to your wives. Very often they have much better spiritual eyesight than we do. Because Isaac, all his life, he thought that Esau was the one. He thought that Esau was the one that was going to carry the seed. I mean, Isaac went through battle. He was, he, when after he was born, he was going to be the one. Baruch Hashem, Abraham and Sarah had a child. Hallelujah, Lord, I take him on the mountain and kill him. No! Always through trial will Yeshua come forth. The birth will always happen through pain and struggle. But, but Isaac survived that one. It wasn't his time to go. He gets his wife, comes out, he with the baroness, and Rebecca was barren, like I said. They finally have twins. The first one comes out, Esau. Isaac's like, hallelujah. I brought forth the line. Behold, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. Hallelujah! I guarantee this is what he's thinking. I guarantee it. And Esau was his favorite and said, but, but Rebecca said, no, there's something about this other one. Listen to your wise men. Don't think they're all cuckoo. They got eyesight that we don't see. Listen to your wives. They say that love your wives like Messiah loves the church. So in that relationship, you are Messiah, but remember they are the Ruach in that relationship. Alright, I digress. So Isaac loved Esau. And Esau grew up with this thing, with this knowledge, and he was the one. I didn't read that in scripture. Well, put on your 3D goggles. That's when he was the firstborn. And Isaac loved him. He was the guy, and he grew up with this being the favored one. He grew up with this calling. I am the one that's going to bring forth the nation of Israel through my seed, Abraham, Isaac, Esau. All the nations are going to be blessed. My descendants will be the stars of the heaven. He grew up with this calling. All throughout his life, his easy, privileged life, and I'm just going to go hunt. Bring back some game to dad. 
Oh, oh, good job there, Esau. I love it when you cut and cook for me. Yum, yum, yum. Easy life. Favored. Privileged. Now all of a sudden, Isaac, when he's old, his eyes are dim. Which means he still didn't really see the reality here. All of a sudden, Esau takes his food, takes his game that he hunt, you know, walks over to Isaac, says, okay, Dad, you're getting old. It's time for you to deliver the blessing. Here I come. You don't even have to say it because I know what it is. I've, I've waited for this my whole life. You're going to give me the blessing of Israel that it's all going to come through me. Go ahead, Dad. I'm ready. Hit me with it. Come on. I'm ready. If you can't speak, I can speak it for you. Because you told me this is how it's going to be all throughout my life. I'm the favored one. I'm the one. All of a sudden, his father goes, who are you? Because I'm Esau. I'm your firstborn. Hello? Come for me? Do we need to remind you the battle I went through in the womb to get this position in my life? Do I have to remind you how I won something in my own strength to get this position in my life as the firstborn? And all of a sudden his dad said, your brother came to see their body. And I gave the blessing to him. And that blessing wasn't just words that came from Adonai. It wasn't me, so I can't, I can't take it back. If it was me just giving a blessing, yeah, I can give you a blessing, but it's not from me, it's from him. So that blessing, Esau, your dad, me, Isaac, I was wrong all along. And I'm realizing this now. Because I gave the blessing to Jacob. So all this time I was wrong. Esau, you're not the one. You're not the one. something for me? Don't you have something for me, Dad? Don't you have any blessing left for me? Don't you understand my whole life, this I thought was my calling. And it came crumbling down at this moment. You have to understand this. This was a defining moment for our hairy hero. This was a defining moment because his whole life he thought he was the one and he goes to get the blessing, and even his dad is shot. Kid, you're not the one. It was your brother all along. Meanwhile, the mom's like, Jacob, you gotta get out of here. He's gonna kill you once dad dies. Just go. Go find yourself a wife and do the thing that, you know, we do. Go propagate that seed, that lineage. Get out of here. So Esau goes, don't you have anything left for me, dad? Don't you have any blessing at all for me? And that gave him essentially the opposite blessing that he gave to Jacob. Jacob, he said, you're going to live off the fat of the land. He said to Esau, you're going to be away from the fat of the land. And you're going to live by the sword. But the day will come when you will have dominion over this and you will break your brother's yoke off your neck. Now that was a much less What's the word? Glorious blessing. So you have to understand, in a moment, Esau's 
Esau's calling, what he thought was his calling his whole life, came crumbling down. And the real calling, in that anguish call, the real calling of his life came into him to bring forth Yeshua in a unique way through him. Because at the end of the day, Jacob's calling seems more glorious because he's going to be the father of many nations. But ultimately the calling is his. And it's the same calling for all of us, no matter how glorious it may look in the natural. That's why it's a waste of time to look at other people's callings in the natural. Because in the spirit it's all the same calling. It's to bring forth the Son of God in everybody. In Jacob, it was through this way. He's going to pass on the seed. But it was the same for Esau, even though the calling was much less grand, much less glorious. So anybody here who's feeling, I don't understand all this calling stuff. I'm just a mom. Your calling, wherever you are, is to bring forth the Son of God. And the moment will come, like it came for Esau, in a couple of Torah portions, and this blows me away. Jacob, he goes through his whole thing, and now he's got a big family, a whole bunch of wives, a whole bunch of kids, right? He does his thing, another dysfunctional family. And now they're heading home, and all of a sudden they find, years later now, Esau is down the road, and Jacob is scared to death. Because he remembers what he did with Esau. And he, you know, he's sending him gifts and he's sending other people. You send the servants first, so you know, Esau is ticked off. You know, killed the servants. So I don't let them die before me and my wife die. So he, you know, he sets off these people. And at the end of this thing, he finally reaches Esau, and Esau just hugs him and blesses him and kisses him and forgives him. And Jacob goes, I mean, aren't you ticked about what happened? And Esau goes, No. I'm not upset about that. That was one time ago. I've been healed of that. And Jacob goes, seeing your face is seeing the face of God. Well done, Esau. Your calling was not Jacob's. But in the end, you brought forth the Son of God. And Jacob saw that in you. Well done. It's much less glorious. It seems much less glorious. But it's still the same calling manifested differently. I guarantee if you went to Esau at that time and an angel came down and said, Well done, my son. He'd be like, What are you talking about? I didn't do anything special. I just blessed my brother. Oh no. You did much more than that. You showed him God. Nah. That's nothing. Nah, it's, it's, it's nothing. How many times do we do something for somebody and people are so like, nah, it's, it's nothing. It, it's nothing. It's nothing. Because we don't understand what's happening. We don't understand in our lives what it means for Messiah to manifest through us and bless others. We compare ourselves futilely to others that seem to have a more glorious calling and we don't understand the calling that we have to just go to a broken one and be the face of God for that person. And the calling is still the same. Yeshua comes forth. The birth of Yeshua always comes through birth pains. And it came that way for Esau also.
And his moment of pushing through is when his brother eventually came and he just loved him and showed him the forgiveness of God. And I guarantee he didn't get it. Because what he did was far greater than just loving on his brother. He set the precedent that there will be a people group outside of the physical lineage of this one Jacob who's going to bless them. And Jacob, sometime in the future, will look at those who are not of his direct lineage saying, seeing you is like seeing God. And they will have reconciliation with the one, Yeshua. So well done, Esau. It wasn't your calling to be the one to bring the physical seed, even though you believed that your whole life. Anybody ever go through something where you believe your life is going to go this way, and then in a moment it comes crumbling down? And what you thought was your calling in life is not your calling in life, and all of a sudden you're taken, you're put on a left turn or a right turn or some other turn. But it's in those moments, it's in those moments where Adonai will speak what his true calling is on you. And out of that place of brokenness, he will build up his ministry through you. Not your ministry for him, his ministry through and that will happen in this time of brokenness. So, your dad loves you so much that he will put you through some trial so he can hear your voice. And he can speak back to you in that time and set your direction, recalibrate according to his perfect will and his calling in your life.